Podcast Evolved, your home for Halo. Spartans to Podcast Evolved, your home for Halo. I'm your host Tom, and with me today is Krista, hey. and Oren. What's up guys? And this is our live news episode for the month of August 2021. We are joined by our Discord server, so what's up everybody listening right now live? Thank you so much for being here with us this evening, or this afternoon, depending on where you are. Today, we are going to cover Halo Infinite's release date, Halo Infinite's multiplayer season 1 intro cinematic, and 343's Inside Infinite blog post for August. Now, before we jump into all of that, we do, of course, have our socials to read through. So, if you are new to the show, welcome! Podcast Evolved is host to a variety of different shows. This, the show you're listening to right now, is our main show where we talk Halo news, Halo lore, and also to you, the listeners. Our other shows are Mission Debrief, Halo Book Club, Builds with Blocks, and Halo Headlines. And we also have a partnership with HCS Pro Talk with Josh and Will, and they have a segment later in the show. You can learn more about each of the different shows on our awesome website, which is halopodcastevolve.com or halopodcast.com. And if you are already a fan of the show, then we would ask that you please rate us and leave us a review. We greatly appreciate all of the feedback we receive from our listeners. I was actually reading through some of the feedback on Discord earlier today, um, and it really does help us to improve the quality of our shows. Before we go any further, we'd also like to take a moment to thank all of our patrons for their continued support. So thank you, patrons! Yes! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you! Our patrons receive a variety of exclusive rewards such as early episodes, unique swag, and access to our own soundtrack album featuring 18 songs. If you'd like to get involved and learn more, you can head over to patreon.com slash halopodcastevolved. And finally, we encourage our listeners to support Audible, where they can enjoy the growing collection of Halo novels all in one place, along with thousands of other novels, guided... uh, I can't get my words out... guided (laughs) wellness programs, and more. Use the URL audibletrial.com slash podcastevolve to learn more and start your free trial today. Before we go any further, we are going to jump into our last week on Halo very quickly. And Krista, I'm going to come to you first. What have you done Halo-related in the past week? Uh, I've cried a lot. You know, I've been on Twitter. That hasn't helped my crying at all. It's been just so sad. 
And then I played some stuff for Mission Debrief, so it's been a pretty good week for me for Halo. So crying is good. Nice. <laughs> cool. Oran, what about you? What have you been up to? Um, I've been super busy. Um, Excuses. Yeah, so I haven't been able to, to dive in any Halo or anything like that. I did restructure the rest of our year of episodes based off of the release date, which we'll get into in a little bit, which sounds like a big task, which is why I'm saying it. But in all actuality, it was, I don't know, maybe about 15 minutes of work because we had a That's lot of it much. already already planned out. I just had to move a few dates, you know, maybe move something up, move something back, this and that. A lot of exciting things for our listeners that we had planned for the rest of the year, which we'll get into in the Evolved Digest. But yeah, just mostly doing some back-end things for the show and really looking forward to uh, getting closer to that release date. Well, Tom, what did you do last week on Halo? So last week on Halo for me, I actually started doing a Halo Wars 2 co-op playthrough with my friend Tim. So we did a mission that I can't remember the name of. Wow, how specific. <laughs> it involved us defending three Kodiaks, which was really cool. And then um, Anders goes into the Forerunner teleporter and does some stuff. And that's about... No, no, actually, it's the mission where you're taking out the CCS-class cruiser and Jerome and Isabel are going up into the grav lift. So there you go. I barely remember what I did. I just know I played some Halo Wars 2. And on that note, I'm now going to hand back over to you, Oran, to go through all of the monthly news. Yes. So August was a big month for Halo fans across the world. Because in Germany this past week, actually, we got the new release date because, you know, we did get a release date back in 2020, but, you know, it got delayed. So um, our new release date for 2021 of Halo Infinite is December 8th. Just booked it That's off a of weird work. day. Yes, it's a bit later than people were expecting. Personally, I kind of figured it might have been in December after the E3 showcase when Forza Horizon 5 was announced to be kind of like an early November game. And I was like, huh, that's kind of in the window that I figured Halo would be. But if Forza Horizon 5 is in that window, why would Halo Infinite be in that window? So I personally think it's great that it's like the first week of December. I think it's a Wednesday of all days. Yeah, which is weird. I, I don't think I can take that memo. I don't think I can fake being sick for that long. You could just say you caught the flood plague, Krista. <laughs> I'll just quit. I'll just be like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I, I nearly said another type of plague there, but I was like, that's not friendly for this podcast. And that would definitely get flagged by something somewhere. <laughs> oh, it's fine. We get that all the time. This this guy Aaron in our chat says the eighth makes sense because it's an infinity symbol when you rotate it. Ooh, Aaron, you should have been here to say that. Yeah, Aaron, why are you in the why are you in the chat, huh? But yeah, so that was announced at Gamescom. Super excited. Pre-ordering is available now on Steam, Windows 10, and on the Xbox Store. If you're a subscriber to Game Pass, you can pre-install the game right now. It's only like 200 megabytes, 
super small game. And from what it looks like is if you're familiar with Crackdown 3 or Doom Eternal, it seems that Halo Infinite multiplayer and Halo Infinite campaign will be two separate like download tiles as if they're kind of separate games, which is interesting. Well, it's, it's both interesting, but it kind of makes sense if this is the case. It's not really confirmed, but when you look at the store, there's a tile for Halo Infinite campaign in parentheses. And then when you pre-install Halo Infinite, it's like the multiplayer tile that you get from that we got from like the tech preview. So on the one hand, if you want to jump into multiplayer or you don't own the game and you're playing the free to play multiplayer, you only need to download all the multiplayer assets. You only update that part of the game and all that kind of stuff. And then as the campaign, if you own that or whatever sort of expansions or DLC or however they're continuing the story of Halo comes about, then you just update that portion of the Halo Infinite suite. Uh, I think Call of Duty also does something like this with their Warzone service versus their Modern Warfare campaign. So it seems that Infinite's following a similar trajectory of, I guess, uh, how they're distributing the game. We'll see how all that pans out. So there'll be a new Master Chief campaign, of course, we all know this. Um, but there will not be any co-op campaign at launch. Uh, we heard this in the development updates uh, from Joseph Staten and Sketch uh, about two weeks ago. So about you know the mid of August before the announcement of the release date, we were told that there were no, no co-op, no split screen for campaign at launch. It's estimated to be released at the beginning or just during season two, which is about the March-April time frame. But they did say that you will be able to do split screen for multiplayer. Uh, I imagine you can still do custom games and that whole kind of suite. And Joseph Staten and them basically said that it's kind of like the save system is still being worked out. It's a little bit challenging because this Halo game is unlike any other Halo campaign with saves and checkpoints and collectibles and approachability to missions that it's... You know, the checkpoint and save system is be a little bit more challenging. So they need some more time with that. And then they also discussed in this video that came out that No Forge will be at launch as well. But that will get delayed even farther into season three, which will be next summer, um, probably around June or July. So that's pretty huge. I mean, both are actually pretty huge um, announcements because... When you think of Halo, you think of the co-op experience, especially couch gaming. And then Forge has been just a huge part of Halo ever since it was released with Halo 3. And the Forge community, is it's its, its own giant community within the Halo community. And so it's definitely a big blow to those guys. Krista and Tom, I talked about both of these points at length with Aaron on one of our Halo headlines. Do you get, How do you guys respond to these these delays for these two bits we'll go with tom first i'm gonna pretext this by saying i know how much free for free are stuck between a rock and a hard place they've already had one delay delaying the game again wouldn't be great and i'm sure there's a lot of pressure from microsoft and investors to get this thing out but i really don't think this was the right call 
the reason I feel that way, it isn't because I'm not excited for it per se, because those things are missing, because I really don't care. I only really play campaign anyway, so for me, I'm like, great, campaign's there on day one, I'm sorted. But the thing that worries me is this game is being used as a catalyst to relaunch Halo in a big way, so it's got to get a lot of casual audiences invested in it, and so far, because the multiplayer's free, you're asking casual gamers to pay £60 if they've not got Games Pass for a single-player campaign, and that's it. And I just, thinking about it from that perspective, I think it's going to be really, really hard to onboard people who aren't already invested in Halo. Now, yes, Games Pass is going to alleviate some of that, and potentially their hope and their strategy here is that Games Pass will get new people in the door anyway to try Halo and play it for the first time. But I just think when you break down the other launch offerings and compare it to this, there really isn't enough there to justify that price at launch. And I think... As somebody who saw, obviously, the way that Halo 5 launched and the divisive discourse that that launch caused in the community, I was really hoping that we weren't going to go down that road again for Infinite, but it feels like we are. Now, I could be wrong. It could be received really, really positively, and hopefully there's a lot shown between now and launch that postures it more towards that positive perspective, but it did kind of feel like a lot of this stuff took away a lot of the positive PR that was present after the technical test and sort of flipped that narrative again, if that makes sense. So I can summarise it by saying I'm a little bit bummed out about it, but I hope that there's still time to build on the positive aspects of it at the very least. I feel like it's a lose-lose situation either way, to be honest. I mean, here's the thing, the the kind of beauty of Halo Infinite's having the free-to-play multiplayer is people can still jump in and play multiplayer with their friends right now and wait the three months to play the co-op campaign. Three months isn't, I know it's a long time in video game standards, but it isn't that long of a time. But um, if you look at previous Halo games and the amount of people who actually complete the campaign, just number-wise, you would probably be really surprised. A lot of people come to Halo and just go straight into the campaign and they don't even bother or they go straight into the multiplayer and don't even bother with the campaign. So that might have been one of the justifications for this just as a business decision. I know Podcast Evolved and us are very different when it comes to the way we play Halo because we come pretty much not exclusively but mainly for the campaign and the story but the majority of people come to Halo for the multiplayer. I think of, if you were to take like most of the modern, relevant first-person shooters that are still out there today, I would say Halo would be in the top three, if not number one, in terms of first-person shooter experiences that you that a player would experience the campaign for as much at maybe as like the multiplayer like like the kind of go-to response for like call of duty is that like hardly anyone ever plays campaign anymore relative to how many people play multiplayer and that's why some of those games even shipped with only multiplayer versions of or only multiplayer content for their games there this definitely is a huge blow 
that we're getting a game that isn't complete and that part of that experience is within kind of the campaign side of it all. Kind of quickly for me, I I kind of agree with you guys that like three for threes in a rock between a hard place or is in a place between a rock and another hard place. And it it just sucks. Like it's hard to accept. And and Game Pass has kind of skewed my response to this, I feel like, because I mean I would love to play the campaign with you guys or my family and other friends that I have online. But I mean, a lot of the campaign experiences that I'm going to experience are going to be kind of by myself learning about this and discovering what's going on. And with Game Pass stuff coming in and out, like some games are already in this sort of live state. So I, you know, I've for me, a big Halo fan, like I haven't even pre-ordered the game. And like, I don't really know why I want to buy the game because it seems that between Game Pass and the multiplayer being free to play, like I'm not even clear what I get if I buy the game. So I think that messaging definitely needs to be conveyed. Well, I think you just get the campaign, right? The $60 is for the campaign. But like, is that the campaign for the next 10 years? Or is there going to be DLCs? Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, I don't know. It would be like, I don't know if they're including like the first like like a battle pass or whatever it's called for the... Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Like, does buying that give me the access to the first year's worth of battle passes or do I have to buy the game and spend $10 on the season pass or whatever it is? The kind of only game that I can think of right now that's kind of adopting this this live service game in, in sort of this light is Destiny, where every year there's a new like expansion that costs like 20 or 30 bucks but then there's the season pass that you can spend another 30 bucks or so for and you get the season pass for the for the whole year between big expansion releases so if 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 halo were to follow a similar price structure then i just i just kind of want that conveyed before i buy anything well maybe the first year's like story content is in, I guess they haven't really given us the entire like roadmap to what's coming out. We don't really know anything, do we? They're already telling us some features that won't be there at launch, but they're still not even clear what is going to be there, beside from, oh yeah, you'll play the campaign. Well, we don't even know anything about the campaign. Yeah, and, and how much of the multiplayer is free to play? Like, Are only certain modes free to play? Are other modes locked behind the... You know, so there's still a lot to learn. So it's it's definitely a hard pill to swallow. And I mean, I, I'm kind of just in the boat that like, well, I would rather play the game if it's ready than wait three months just to play it with my friends. I mean, I, that's just that's just where I am. I mean, I totally get that some people want to experience it with their friends or family day one together and have that experience together. But I mean, if it's not ready, then it's just not ready. I think I've I've always played the campaign at least my first and second time on single player. So honestly, this doesn't affect me too much. You know, I never sit down and like, oh, I need to play this campaign with my friends. Which I mean, uh, that's just how I play games. But I understand these people that have played every single game with like a certain person the day it comes out, and it's a big hit to them. I I may be overcomplicated for myself because I instantly go into my marketing brain. 
So a really good example is Call of Duty and everything that they've been doing with Warzone recently, because it looks like Halo Infinite's going to really, really closely mimic that. But the biggest distinction there is multiplayer on Call of Duty isn't free. It's only Warzone that's free. So it's a very specific mode that people get access to. And if they want any of the core game modes or any of the uh, DLC for that specific title, they still have to pay for it. And I think that's the biggest thing that I can't quite get my head around right now, is the fact that if you're offering all of the multiplayer for free, which is what it seems like, then you are asking people to pay that full price tag just for the single player. And I think for me, when I think about the other things that are available in the game's market right now, especially with, you know, things like Call of Duty, other competitors as well, I just think, why would somebody who, again, that big point being not having Games Pass look at that and go for just that over something that has a lot more packed in with it as well. It's just a really interesting... I think Games Pass has really, really made it a a much more interesting sort of decision in terms of the fact that it really changes up the level of value that a consumer gets if they don't have Games Pass as opposed to if they do have it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, unless the campaign is, like, huge and is, like, 30 to 40 hours. Because we don't know enough about the campaign. Like, if we're talking about, like, if I was to play $60 for, like, Halo 3's campaign, I'd be like, the fuck, it's, like, eight hours long. Why would I pay $60 for that campaign? It's still a good campaign. I love Halo 3, but to just pay $60 for a campaign like that? If it's a bigger, bulkier campaign that's more, like, 30 to 40 hours long, then $60 might be worth it. But they haven't done any marketing regarding the campaign at all, or how big it is, or how long it is. They've just said, oh, there's big things coming, you know, big, this is a different campaign, but they haven't, they have to sell it. They need to sell the $60 price tag, and they haven't. Yeah, you're spot on, Krista. At the end of the day, if that's the biggest deliverable, which it is at this point, then we need to see more of it. And it is a little bit worrying, and we'll we'll get into it later, but it sounds like we're not going to see that much more of it. So I'm very interested as to how that is going to translate into the launch. They might be banking on the fact that people get into the multiplayer and then eventually buy the campaign. They might not be thinking people are going to be purchasing the game day one, that they're going to be purchasing the game eventually. That's That's a fair point that you, you you get people in for the free multiplayer and if they want more then there's that little icon at the bottom of their screen buy halo infinite campaign and it brings them to a screen so yeah we'll we'll see how it develops and just we just have to wait and see and joseph staten even says that that we'll get to later on i just want to shout out in the chat there's there's some good conversation on what we're talking about and it's it seems to be a little bit mixed um, but some people want like a full delay other people are saying that you know it's kind of hard ground to to to, to stomp on and you know if something's ready then maybe they cut their losses and do that but we'll see how it develops to kind of move along um, the other little notes that we got from that video uh, the development update video for August that Joseph Staten and Sketch did. Um, there actually was a kind of pre-segment that, um, I forget their name, I think it's Scott and then Unishek. 
they had a little bit of a details about the multiplayer tech preview and kind of like learnings from that, some stats. And they talked a little bit about the next flight. It will include 4v4, you know, people versus people and the new big team battle experience, uh, which will be 12v12. You know, they're going to have bots and weapon drills just like they did in this last one. So that's all good. And Joseph Staten also highlighted that the studio is in what's called shutdown mode, which is where they're doing bug fixing. They're reviewing every aspect of the campaign and multiplayer. It's a big polishing period. And they're able to do actually in-person review sessions now due to their setup and COVID guidelines that they need to follow. Um, so he's feeling very optimistic about that. And he then kind of touches on that a little further later in his uh, or in the Infinite blog that I'll just kind of jump ahead to where, you know, some people on the Internet were disappointed that all the release info that we got at Gamescom were just kind of tied to just the release date and for kind of the multiplayer side of things. And we still haven't seen more of the campaign since the 2020 reveal back in July. And he, again, just kind of said, everything's, you know, finished. We're, we're feature, I think he said feature complete, or they're not adding anything else. It's just merely polish and bug fixes and that creating trailers and demos and walkthroughs and all that take time away from those polishing periods, but that we just have to stay patient and we'll get more information about campaign closer to launch. So we're sitting here about, four months three three and a half months to launch hopefully we get it soon but as far as uh three for three is concerned we just have to keep waiting for whatever that is i i suspect we'll get another demo akin to like a conference-esque showcase where they'll take us through one of the missions or something we might be able to get a little bit more you know i i think they have to show something on a technical scale to where it shows how the game has evolved over the last 18 months since we saw it back in July. When Joe was talking about showing us more campaign, he did say that he'd just done a playthrough, and he confirmed that side missions are a thing. So I know we we speculated beforehand that where in the past he'd said about following a group of sentinels, maybe it was just exploration and that kind of stuff, and you stumble across skirmishes. Um, but it sounds like there is some kind of structured side mission system in place as well, which does, again, to your point earlier, Krista, lead more to the fact that it might be a more built-out campaign than in the past. And they, they've touched on what they've considered the golden path, I think. Or you kind of just stay on story mission to story mission. You can just get the mainline content in and you don't, you kind of ignore these side missions is presumably what I'm um, getting the sense for it. Um, I keep coming back to the, to the division sort of analogy to kind of how that franchise has done their mission structures and side missions, how it is this continual hub world ebb and flow, just kind of mold and move right into the loading screens that's still what I'm picturing is this experience to being like. So the only last things I'll say about features is that we still don't know what's up with theater mode. We don't know if there's any other PVE experiences like Firefight that we've had in the past or like a, a, a new type of Warzone. 
but you know presumably those features would be in the the campaign side of things uh so we're still waiting to hear information about that kind of where forge falls into all that and custom games um of that sort of sense going to gamescom not only did we get an announcement of the release date there was also some hardware reveals we got a first look and an announcement of a Series 2 controller designed and modeled after the Master Chief. So sexy. The gold and the green and even a AI chip slot on the back of the controller as if it were the back of the helmet. That's really cool. It looks super sleek. Did either of you get your hands on a pre-order? No. No, says Krista. It's up on Amazon UK, and I'm very, very tempted right now, but I am also going to struggle justifying it, considering the next thing that we're going to talk about. <laughs> I just got a series two. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to offend. You anyone, did just purchase a series two, didn't you? Like within the I, last month. I did. Month. I did. Honestly, like I love the Master Chief and stuff like that, but green electronics are just not my thing. I, it's not my favorite color. I have the Master Chief one from Halo 5 because it was 60 bucks, but I don't know. I just don't really like green electronics. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm an awful Halo fan. You just don't love any Spartans. <laughs> I got the Halo 5 lock and Master Chief controllers, and I played with them for a little while, but there was a point where I was like, I kind of don't want to play with these anymore and i feel like if i got the series 2 i wouldn't want to play with it but it's a 200 dollars controller 250 dollars controller 250 dollars controller 180 pound <laughs> so i i just uh i let that one pass yeah i feel the same my original series uh elite series controller has was beat to shit by the time i was done with it and I don't think I've ever played with either of the Halo 5 controllers. And when you're going to spend that much on a... Con like, I can spend $70 on a controller to keep it on a shelf. That's fine. But for $200 plus on a controller, like, I feel like I have to play with it. And then it's going to get beat to shit. Because <laughs> it's a controller. Or it's going to get all gunked up with food and stuff. I know that happens <laughs> with my controllers. <laughs> I wipe them down often, but you know... Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you know, have a rag to wipe your Cheetos off before you grab the controller again. <laughs> yeah, also get get the wet wipes that don't have the, like, fibers. I hate the wet wipes that leave, like, the fibers on it. It's awful. I hate them. Zero out of ten. Uh, well, just wanted to <laughs> shout out again to our, our listener in the chat, Aaron. Uh, he said that he got one of the controllers. Aaron would. Aaron gets all the controllers. <laughs> <laughs> he got the um he got the Gears of War one when that was one was a thing. General Zad said that he's going to get one later as well. I'm sure I feel like the Elite controllers are going to be in better supply than the next thing we're going to talk talk about anyway, like the Elite controllers they'll probably restock. I saved the better thing for the second announcement, which is a Series X themed or a Halo Infinite theme themed Series X. My goodness, I messed it all up. 
It looks so freaking good. It's so good. That's the that's the style I like. I like the dark and the blue and stuff like that. That's the style of electronic I like. I don't like the green. Christy, you're really hating on the green tonight, huh? Uh, I just I don't I don't like the green I don't like the green very much. I understand a lot of people like the green and I respect that hundred percent. It's just not for me. It doesn't fit my aesthetic. Well, you managed to get this one, so the listeners are gonna be green with envy. I didn't get this one. I'm so sad. Krista didn't get the Series X. I didn't get it either. Tom, did you get it? I'm sorry, I did, yeah. I um, I accidentally ordered two at first, so I had to cancel one. You should have kept one and given it to someone else. I should have. I should have. But in the moment, I was like, there's a lot of people trying to get these. I'm just going to cancel it so they can put one back up for sale. There you go. What a nice guy. I should have just kept it and sent it to one of you guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you probably couldn't have sent it to us because it's probably region locked. That's the thing. I did think it through in my head and I was like, well, two people want them, but it's not going to have the right power cable for them. Yeah. Because you guys use weird power cables. <laughs> well, maybe we could have raffled it off or something for the European listeners. That is true. Well, I will email Microsoft and be like, yo, can I have my cancelled order back? <laughs> uh, if you're listening and haven't seen what these pieces of hardware look like, there are Xbox YouTube videos um, that kind of showcase the, the awesome close-up, super high res, 4K all around. So they, uh, they're quite sleek and stylish and... I, I could see them putting more in stock. I mean, there it is limited, and, but there's definitely a demand for it. I just would like to thank um, all of the scalpers who used bots to get the console. Thanks so much for saving me $550. I really appreciate it. You know, I really didn't need to spend that much because I always already have a Series X. And just thank you so much. I really wanted it and I was really sad. But now that I think about it, I've saved $550. Thank you so much. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to say, perhaps if the listeners like the sound of it, we could do an unboxing video of the console on the YouTube channel. You have to. You have to do an unboxing video. Another one of our hosts of another show, I think, got the controller. So maybe he can do an unboxing for that. And Tom, you can do an unboxing for the console. I think our listeners would love to watch something like that. Right. Let's keep this train rolling. The last bit of information that we got from Gamescom was a multiplayer season one intro cinematic. This was a pre-rendered CG, not necessarily a cutscene, but you know, cinematic video. It follows, you know, a little bit of the origins of Spartan Commander Agrina, who is the Spartan that we see in the multiplayer trailer, kind of hyping up the Spartans for the academy, and that they're getting ready to become Spartans. They're going to do some of their training, and it's a it's a pretty amazing video. Um, I think it was pretty great from a storytelling point of view. I really enjoyed learning uh, a little bit about where Agrina came from and some of the struggles that she came uh, to deal with and how seemingly she was 
uh, introduced into the Spartan program, and I can't wait to learn more about this character. There is some controversy about the trailer, which we'll get into, but before that, you know, Tom and Krista, we'll go Krista first. Like, what were your kind of initial reactions to this uh, cinematic? Oh, it's super cool and epic. I love seeing, like, futuristic London. That was crazy. What was that? Hello, love. Welcome to London. Yeah, I, I've <laughs> been to London before, and it, it that did not look like that at all. My God. There are buildings bigger than Big Ben. What the hell? Big Ben isn't the big boy in town anymore. No, not anymore. <laughs> no, it was really good, though. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was good. I hope we get more stuff like that. I thought it was really detailed. Like, the graphics looked really, really good. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good to get some backstory. I thought it was a good hype video. Like, I was ready to play. I'm like, all right, when's the next flighting? I'm ready to play. Yeah, no doubt. I think it's cool you mentioned the graphics, because when I was watching it, I was literally like, oh my god, have they brought Blur back for this? I know. It was spot on, on par with Halo Wars 2, Halo 2 Anniversary. It just looks so good. And I can't get over how good the um, brute armor looks, because that, the blue brute that looks over at her as she's running away is the banished chieftain design for Infinux. It's been in the mega figures as well. And the fact that we're going to see that design in like banished colours in the game just gets me so excited. Like, I, I, yeah, it was really awesome. So, yeah, it definitely was super cool. A lot of, it's a lot of mixed reactions because on the one hand, it looks great. The visuals are, are stunning. It has really good story, uh, story points or story beats and all that and characterization and all that. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that in this one trailer, they have more appeal for Spartan Agrina than they do for Sarah Palmer in the two games that she's been in. There's uh, definitely some comparisons in that regard. But the big sort of question is kind of one, when this game or when this trailer more or less takes place uh, and kind of who these other characters are, whether you know the Spartans that show up towards the end, the brutes that we see throughout it. There's, I think, a Covenant Banshee and a Covenant Phantom that fly around. So I don't really want to get too much in the weeds of all this, but from my point of view, it looks like that this is something that takes place during the invasion of Earth pre-Banished, and that we're not seeing Banished Brutes, we're seeing Covenant Brutes, and even though we're seeing like post-war ships it's still i guess not pre-war but during war during covenant war and the armor is also you know more of the present day armor and not the you know more lore accurate or lore armor and 343 hasn't really said anything but it just kind of seems that these armor pieces and character models and vehicle models are all being shared assets for the sake of developing the video because you know this was made by a third party studio that does animations and so 343 probably gave all of their halo infinite high res super cool assets to them and they made the trailer how it is so there is some lore discrepancy there that's kind of how i've internalized it i'm not going to raise my pitchfork at 343 but 
we just wanted to put it out there that the way I, I mean, until three four three says something to me, I don't know about you guys, but it's uh, it basically takes place during the invasion of Earth, prior to, you know, they activating or you know, around the time they activate the arc portal. I have a crazy Tom theory for this one. Oh God! Don't men- if you mention Jurassic Park, I'm out. <laughs> so it's the Halo Five Phantom because this takes place just after the events in Halo Five where the Guardian has attacked Earth. And the blue on the brute's armor represents the fact that at this point in time, the banished are working with Cortana and the created. Why would they be killing people, though? <laughs> Why would there be Spartans dropping from orbit? Uh, if you're pushing it, they could be on board the max stations, dropping into the planet. As for why they're killing people, let's be honest, Cortana's a little bit corrupted at this point. (laughs) I guess. Yeah, I guess they're trying to... So, does that mean that if this cinematic takes place closer to present-day Halo, does that mean the multiplayer where Spartan... Agrina is already a Spartan and training Spartans is like 2570 like oh I I could see that I mean they've got a whole academy that's set up for this new generation of Spartans that's not going to happen overnight I could easily see it being a case of whatever happens in the campaign happens you defeat the bad guys and then you've got to rebuild the galaxy and you need a new generation of Spartans to help with that, because there's going to be insurrectionist unrest, there's going to be Covenant splinter factions again, any leftover remnants of the Banished, all of that kind of stuff to deal with. And on that note, I will now leave. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we'll, uh, we'll be sure to bookmark this part of the episode for, you know, whether or not that gets confirmed. And then the last thing about the video is that there's a callback to the I Love Bees marketing campaign, which is the kind of the bee symbol that we see around Agrina's neck when she was young, as well as the logo that she has on her Spartan armor. So that was a pretty cool little Easter egg there. There was a blog post that 343 released on Halo Waypoint called Start Your Spartan Journey on December 8th. It pretty much recaps everything we've talked to up to this point. If you wanted kind of a one-stop shop for everything in terms of links for all the videos and all that kind of stuff, you could just go directly to that blog post on Waypoint to check it all out. Now, the big part of the news, which I'll kind of fly through a little bit, is, of course, the latest Inside Infinite for August of 2021. It mostly covers the... Uh, tech preview and kind of the features that were in it, how those features and elements were developed over the past couple of months and years, a little bit about looking forward and things in that nature. But there are some good things to take away. First is that there are there's like statistics out there that you can look at over 65 million bots were slayed, you know, almost 3 million weapon drills were completed and there almost 45,000 hours were spent only doing weapon drills, which is insane. <laughs> Jeez. Those are always really interesting to look at. You know, the team's very happy that they were to find problems so they can address it now as opposed to launch. But we, we did get some info about the battle pass that I wanted to kind of touch on um, and kind of invite some conversation about. So we learned that 
there's you know a free track and a premium track for a battle pass. It's kind of the standard for the modern online service game. But uh, previously, it was stated that every tier would offer both a premium reward and a free reward. However, that will not be the case for at least season one. Uh, they said the launch battle pass will not have a free reward at every tier. And it doesn't really confirm that future battle passes will, but it's something that they wanted to clarify at because it was mentioned previously that it would be the other way around. So that's kind of lame. I mean, it. I don't, we could have a whole episode about pal, battle pass and all that kind of stuff. But what I think is more interesting is this next bit regarding challenges that there was an issue in the tech preview that prevented challenges to refresh and that 343 didn't screen challenges in the build that couldn't be completed in bot matches because there was like capture the flag and all that kind of stuff and that the XP earned through challenges for the tech preview were heightened and accelerated to promote people to uh, progress more quickly through the battle pass since the tech preview was merely a week and Unisec on Twitter said that the multiplayer battle pass progression is only tied to challenges and not through EXP earned through post-match. Says that there are a ton of daily challenges at launch and that, you know, hardcore grinders may complete all challenges for any given day. Uh, and he also confirms that the issue that the tech preview ran into about running out of challenges. So, my question for you guys, what are your responses for this? Because I don't like this. Yeah, I like to mindlessly just play the game over and over again to get XP. So, I mean, like, I've always loved doing challenges. Like, especially, like, since I... Halo Reach, I was so big on challenges. I did them all the weeklies and all the dailies every single day for a really, really long time. So I'm not opposed to challenges, but... Doesn't that kind of defeat the point of, like, trying to win a game or do really well in a game because you got XP based on your performance? Doesn't that mean everyone's just going to be trying to, like, do the challenges? Like, oh, kill ten enemies with a rocket. It's like, well, now I'm never going to get the rocket because everyone's trying to do this challenge. Yeah, it's it's like it... You could, you could say the argument, oh, well, if you just play the game, you'll just naturally undo the challenges. But if it's like, well, if you want to grind the battle pass and you want to get to whatever thing you want to do, then you're going to want to micromanage everything you do so you can optimize the challenges that you're doing. Or, yes, go for the rockets every single match because you need to get two double kills with, you know, a rocket launcher. And, and, it's, and it's just, I don't know, to me, it's just so not petty but just like it's 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 like an inventive way to prolong the game design but it, it, it doesn't I do think it for it's like a better way so that they can control when you unlock stuff in the battle pass now they can control the amount of xp you get daily and put a cap on it and then also stretch out the life of the battle pass i think what they're trying to do is you know when you have any battle pass game like fortnite apex whatever you sit down, you grind the game crazy for a couple weeks, you get to the end of the battle pass, and then you don't pay play until the next battle pass comes out, which is usually every three months. It feels like they're trying to prolong that so people stay engaged with the game, but, I mean, if the game's good enough, people are going to be interacting with it either way, so I'm not, 
I'm not sure. I, I, like, I don't like that at all. I don't buy the Battle Pass of Apex because I want all the cosmetics or whatever. Like, there was one season that I straight up just didn't buy it till, like, the end because I happened to be, like, I hit, like, a level. And I was like, oh, if I buy the Battle Pass, I'll get, like, eight of my $10 refunded because of the coin things. And I'll get this kind of cool cosmetic. So I did it. But I spent two and a half months not earning the Battle Pass because I'd rather just play the game. And that's kind of how I felt or how I was hoping to feel for like the Halo where it's like, yeah, cool. I'll unlock all these awesome cosmetics, but I'm going to want to just jump in and do what I've done for the past 20 years where I just play the game. Challenges in my mind are like, like in Halo Reach where it's like, get 200 assists over the course of a week. Okay, yeah, I'll just play the game and that'll eventually happen because I play it a lot, but Oh, this challenge, I have to get 10 assault rifle kills. All right, well, that's not really a challenge. That's really me just playing the game. And I shouldn't need that motivation to just play the game. If it's a fun game, I'm going to just naturally get 10 assault rifle kills. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not too happy about this, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Here's my theory. I mean, honestly, they're probably going to try this out, right? They obviously want to try this out. They want to try this new system out with the challenges. I think they're just going to revert eventually, maybe next season or something, to the regular, you know, XP per match thing anyway. I don't think this is going to be a problem for very long, <laughs> to be honest. I think they're just experimenting, trying new things. I I hope so. I I'm a little bit more concerned that it's done from a return on investment standpoint. Because a lot of games like Modern Warfare will have the ability to buy XP as well. And obviously if you're not, if if you're earning XP for every game, then you can kind of look at it and go, oh, I don't really need to do that. But if it's only for challenges and you're not the kind of person who plays challenges, then you're a lot more likely to make that casual expenditure. And I could just see it being another way that they're still getting income so say for example you're one of us and you've got games pass you've got the free multiplayer there's then still a way for them to get some actual revenue out of you as opposed to it just being the games pass subscription and that's it i i I think the fact that it's such a weird system that i haven't seen anything else do suggests to me that it might be more to kind of push people towards that to justify the fact that so much is free I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I mean... What I think will be interesting that we also don't really know yet is that the way that you can, like, activate different battle passes because they never expire. You know, like, right now in Master Chief Collection, you earn a Spartan point, and you can pick whatever Spartan point you want to spend it to. But if you have to earn challenges, and, you know, presumably as soon as you complete that challenge, you earn experience then the way they worded it is that you basically like equip a battle pass and that's the battle pass that all of your experience goes into so long as it is equipped if multiple battle passes are available um and then tom you mentioned like uh like exp multipliers and things like that like the monster energy drink has like bonus xp but it's also like time based so it's like Okay, well, if you activate it for 30 minutes, but you don't complete any challenges in 30 minutes, so does that mean you don't get any bonus experience for 30 minutes? Like, why not just make it 
all right, the next five matches, you get times two experiences. So no matter how long they take, you know, you can play five big team battle matches or play five SWAT matches and that you get the same sort of experience gain. But if it's time-based, well, you can complete five SWAT matches faster than five big team battle matches. Well, you know what everyone's going to do. They're going to get to just, they're going to get to, um, like, having just one or two stuff left on their challenges. They're going to pop something like that and then get, like, all of them at once, get a huge pot of XP. Well, I'm I'm almost willing to bet you that the XP system has changed since that promotion was done as well. Because there's been so many changes behind the scenes with this game in just the past year that I wouldn't be surprised if the way that XP works was different a year ago than it is now as well. Yeah, I, I think it's just gonna gonna change over time. I think they're just experimenting with new things at launch and I think over time it's just going to become refined and become something completely different. So, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it too much. It sucks that the first uh, the first uh, experience with Halo Infinite is going to be like this, but I'm sure it's going to change. I don't know why they're not using the Master Chief collection model, because it works really well and everyone loves it. Well, no, I mean, there's kind of an issue there where at some point you no longer really gets spartan points by leveling up and it's only through challenges and like those challenges honestly are more like challenges to where you have to really like invest time to to go in like honestly like the reach model is like the way to freaking do it like you just get experience you just purchase the stuff that you want to purchase so but anyway let's move on there's a few things i want to touch on that's still in this board Let's see, multiplayer team. So we discussed with them. They've confirmed that the player Spartan in the multiplayer is Halo Cannon. They really want you to be a recruit that joins the Spartan program and works your way to do all these amazing feats that you want to do. Um, and they want to implement story details and story opportunities to really promote that. So I'm I'm kind of hoping that maybe there's some like DLC or something and like kind of reach style to where when you load it up and you do whatever mission or operation that you do it's your Spartans customization and loadout basically I guess Spartan Ops but like fun Spartan Ops (laughs) (laughs) 2.0 so that that could be really cool they uh they talked about how there's going to be mode specific scoreboards to help uh kind of showcase the type of game type that it is They talked about their camera transition technology that they've kind of implemented to where, you know, if you notice during the preview at the beginning of the match, you know, the camera zooms into your Spartan's helmet and then you start the level. But then when you die, the camera zooms out of your helmet and then you kind of get your third person view. It's not like a direct cut. And, you know, that that is what they're transitioning into for a campaign to where when you have these cinematic moments i think they they call them or or story moments the ca- the camera zooms out of master chief's helmet and is this kind of uncut viewpoint and then once we go back into the playable space it zooms back into chief's helmet so talking them talking about that was pretty interesting that they kind of dive into i want to read this bit about uh personal ai and how they add 
Let's see, the question was, when looking at things like personal AI, how do you add extra things into the margins without encroaching on existing multiplayer formula? And Patrick Wren said, when looking to expand the Halo experience, I look at how things can really punctuate what is already there. Like Alex said, the a personal AI that was the desire to get that buddy informational experience that you get with Cortana in the campaign. When taking... When talking about what that would look like, where the current state of the story is, the dumb AI made a lot of sense to be the way to mass produce with Spartans and not be influenced by Cortana. It was important for us to give players a variety to choose from to dial in their Halo experience. So I think that note is pretty pretty interesting from a story standpoint where you know, Cortana is able to influence these more smart AIs because they kind of think for themselves a little bit more, whereas the dumb AIs are able to be cheaper to manufacture because they're not designed off of dead brains, but also they're more programmable for their specific needs. So there's these kind of battled AI. I don't know if we knew that all of these personal AIs were dumb AIs or, or, or what, but I think that was a good little tidbit in there that kind of just makes sense. Um, and so I kind of like that. Uh, note there that they discussed let's see what else alex bean is taking some notes about the metal visuals uh those sentiments have been heard and that the ui team are investigating to address the feedback i think like they changed colors of like like killing frenzy wasn't green and i was like what are you doing like (laughs) it's been green for 20 years or you know maybe they changed it because krista hates green i hate green (laughs) yeah (laughs) also i wanted to annoy Orin. he's so upset about it they're so upset but yeah like the overkill wasn't brown i think it was red and it's like oh my gosh like come on Again, just take reach, take those metals, make them fancy. I digress. Um, let's see. They made improvements to weapon drills, bots, the personal AI, the Spartan AI, the voiceover work, bug fixes. And all of these fixes are going to be present in the next build for the next flight that we get to experience, hopefully, in the next uh, month or so. Uh, the bot team had some things to talk about. They go really nitty and gritty into the programming and development side of things. So I definitely recommend people go check those out to read about it. They discuss, you know, why they added bots, challenges during developments, decisions that bots have to make, the different difficulties and other little tidbits. Sarah Stern had something I wanted to say that I think is pretty interesting where she says that we when we implement a new feature talking about bots, we try to give the bots to perform at a high skill level so then we can identify what the ceiling is of that behavior. Then we reduce how effective they are at that feature uh, for lower difficulties. We hadn't done that enough for the grenade throwing in the technical preview build because they were freaking sniping us with grenades. They were lethal. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I think that's very interesting when you know, whatever else they decide to add. I think they also talked about something that they're investigating for Spartan level bots is to share visual information with other bots as if they were calling out in like a team. So if if, if Krista's battling a bot at one part of the map, another bot would know that because they're sharing information and that bot would then come over to assist the, the first bot to fight against Krista. So like, 
How dare they? Teamwork is this not is the how Halo terminate experience. Is born. <laughs> as long as they don't start throwing in jackal snipers into the bot uh, sort of learning skills, I think we'll be okay. Just make a ward an eternal boss battle bot. We're sorted. <laughs> And that's that's basically the uh, the blog post. There's a lot of details in there. I think the big takeaways are what they've learned from the uh, multiplayer tech preview, what we can look for in the future. They discuss a little bit of the battle pass and then just general insight. I have a note here about Joseph Staten and how he kind of reacted to the criticism of no campaign, but I kind of talked about that um, at the top of this. But, you know, they're in shutdown mode and we'll get some information and a little bit about it one final thing before i pass it back over to tom to kind of circle back to aaron's thoughts on gamecom things uh basically aaron says that he likes the console he he wasn't tempted to uh oh but he wasn't tempted to order one he loves the elite controller and did order one seems that they got the same attention to detail as they did for the gears elite controller he's disappointed that halo got a bit that Halo bit of Gamescom didn't have any campaign, but just as a campaign trailer, like the multiplayer reveal would have been enough. Multiplayer trailer looked good, not overly bothered that it's not 100% lore accurate, and overall excited for Infinite and not panicking or wanting another delay. So thank you, Aaron, for sending in your input. Yay, what a good first-time listener, right? Yeah, he sounds like a real Halo fan. No, I don't think so. So I will take it away from here. So on the uh, community front this month, we don't have anything per se. I do just want to take another second while we're talking about community uh, to say a huge thank you to everyone who has joined us for this live show, everyone who continues to be a part of the Discord, who continues to interact with everything across our socials as well. We're very lucky to have a really, really great community. And it's a lot of fun talking about Halo with all of you. So thank you for being a part of that. And now that that's the signature Tom cheesy comment of the night out of the way, we are going to hand over to Krista. Krista, why don't you take us through the Evolve Digest for today's show? Okay, this is what we are doing. If you don't know what we're doing, we're going to tell you exactly what we're doing, okay? You're going to know. All right. So, we're still going through Evolved the Road to Infinite, which are the lore topics that we think will be relevant to Halo Infinite. Unfortunately, we still have no idea what's going on in the campaign, so we're doing our best guesses. (laughs) Um, So, our last episode was 2557 to Present Part 1. Next episode is 2557 to Present Part 2. Two, there's there's a lot of stuff to talk about. It's just, there's so much Halo things happening. And the last episode, Halo Infinite Preview, uh, is estimated to release around December 1st. So, yay! (laughs) Woo! We also have a character dossier series where we're going to be talking about the lives and accomplishments of the loved and not-so-loved characters in Halo. Uh, Obviously, we're trying to pick characters that are relevant to uh, Halo Infinite, but... um, we're still lacking a lot of information there. Uh, but our last episode was the Didacts. There are two of them. Uh, it's not confusing as, at all. You should know this by now. Uh, the next episode is Atriox and the other Banished Leaders. So we're going to be talking about the big old brutes. 
Uh, our future episodes are going to be three more episodes planned, including the Master Chief himself ahead of Halo Infinite's launch. So we'll be talking about three more people. Uh, mission debrief. Uh, we ran out of missions. Uh, it is a deep dive into every Halo games campaign, mission by mission. Uh, we definitely ran out of missions at least a year ago. But we have started a new series called uh, 20 for 20, which is where we go through the 20 best missions in all of Halo and rank them accordingly. So we're going mission by mission. Uh, last mission we did was Uplift Reserved for Halo 3 ODST. The next mission is Kikawani Station, Halo 3 ODST. And this series will conclude ahead of Halo Infinite's launch. It is only YouTube on YouTube because we are showing our gameplay, so super spicy there. We will be doing a Halo Infinite mission debrief sometime in 2022. We don't really know how the campaign is structured, but uh, based on how it's structured, we will be going through that. Uh, sometimes we read books, so uh, the Halo Book Club, <laughs> where we talk about some of the extended lore media. Uh, the last book club we did was Breaking Quarantine from the Halo graphic novel. The next book club is The Return to Halo Evolutions and One Motion Comic by One. So that'll be interesting. Of course, we do have some actual novels coming out in October, I think. so. We do? Yeah. I think we'll do the book club in November. So we, we have some other novels to, to uh, talk about coming up. So stay tuned for that. Uh, builds with blocks uh, where grown men p- play with uh, Lego. Yeah, that's centered around the micro action figures and big that hurt based me. construction <laughs> sets of the Halo it. universe. So I'm going to take over the digest from here. No! <laughs> Gosh, I'm trying to make it entertaining, guys. Why are you dissing me? I'm trying my best. The last episode, uh, they reviewed the fall 2021 set. Uh, the latest reviews are the escape helmet, the wasp, and a bunch of jawarses. Jazzware. Jazzwares. What even is that? What are you? What is that? That's the three and three quarter inch Halo figures. So we, our latest video on it was the two pack with the UNSC Marine and the Grunt conscript. And then we also published looks at the Sentinel, the single pack grunt conscript in blue, the brute captain from the E3 demo, and also the UNSC Marine sniper recently. When is that big pack of all those minifigs coming out? I want that. That's been and gone. It was up for pre-order on Amazon a while ago. (laughs) Oh, I thought you could get them in stores. Not yet. Is it not coming to Target? I hope it is. I really hope it is, because I didn't get one. Sounds like you should have been listening to the show, Krista. Oh, jeez. Do you mean you don't listen to grown men playing with Lego? No, not really. <laughs> I do watch that one show, uh, Lego Masters. I do watch that one. So they have something very special for the next episode. What is the special thing? Are you going to tell me? We have a returning guest. Ooh, I know it's not me because you haven't asked me to be on, so that's, that's And we're not going to after tonight. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> for the needler, though. That looks pretty sweet. Well, you can keep your excitement to yourself, Krista. <laughs> Fine, I will. Jeez. Oh, my God. Wow. Jeez, I'm going to get built with blocks kicked off a podcast of all. Wait and see. Because <laughs> we're too mean to me. 
guest inter- interviews where we talk to influential people, authors, content creators behind the Halo franchise and its communities. The latest interview was with at Quint Says, which is our artist for our new show art. So if you've seen our swaggy new uh, Master Chief helmet and other branding material, he did that. Really cool guy. Appreciate it. Uh, the next interview is... Um, planned for uh, 2021 by the end of the year. And you might recognize this person's voice, but we're not going to tell you because we haven't actually, you know, finished off all the details. And, you know, we, we're not going to tell you and then can't have to cancel it. So there might be a guest, basically. Yeah, we're trying. It's going to be I'm, I'm optimistic. Remember, the power of positive thinking. I'll try my best, but it's, sometimes it's hard. Uh, also, we have other things to talk about. We have HCS Pro Talk. Josh and Will discuss the latest information within the competitive Halo scene with an emphasis on the community every week! Exclamation point. Recent map legends. Halo 1's Hang'em High and Halo 2's Midship are on our YouTube. That's great. You can check out their YouTube. Uh, the next map legends will debut on a Halo HCS Pro Talk episode this month. Uh, last month... Uh, in the Halo Championship series. Roll clip. Evolved. Hello, Podcast Evolved audience, and welcome to Inside HCS, your monthly recap of all things Halo Esports presented by us, none other than HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo Esports podcast. For this segment, we're recapping the HCS news and competition for the month of August. So let's get right into it. Will, Infinite is right around the corner on December 8th which means I think it's time for another refresher on what exactly is the HCS. Let the listeners know. For this segment, we always want to open with what exactly the HCS is. The HCS, or Halo Championship Series, is the umbrella in which all Halo competition lives under. As of right now, official tournaments are on sort of a hold until the release of Infinite. This means the community does what they do best, put the scene on its back, and put on some amazing tournaments for the folks to compete in while we wait patiently for the release of Halo Infinite. For all major announcements from the HCS team over at 343 Industries, please make sure to follow their Twitter account at HCS and their new official YouTube channel by searching for Halo Esports on YouTube. Josh, one of the biggest announcements for the beginning of Halo Infinite Esports has come up at the tail end of August here. What would this announcement happen to be? Before I get to that announcement, I need to say there's a reason why we say to search for Halo Esports, because if you go to youtube.com forward slash Halo Esports, it's a completely different channel. Fun fact. So there you go there. But uh, the official HCS partnered organizations to usher in the beginning of Halo Infinite Esports have been revealed. With an initial focus on the North American and European regions, organizations should be invited from the Latin American and Australian and New Zealand regions post-launch. These organizations hail from all facets of esports. From those that have been with Halo for years to those looking to dip their toes into this competitive powerhouse of a game, here are your HCS partnered organizations for the launch of Halo Infinite. Cloud9, Envy, E-United, FaZe, Fnatic, G2 Esports, Navi, Sentinels, and Space Station Gaming. Rosters are still being formed, so stay locked to HCS Pro Talk, where we'll continue to bring you the latest roster announcements in HCS news as it happens. The HCS news floodgates are finally opening, which means we'll... Please walk us through what has happened in the world of news for the month of August. Yeah, we will begin with the retirement 
announcement of the X Games gold medalist and one of the best Halo 5 competitors in Commonly. Commonly got his major opportunity with the team Evil Geniuses near the beginning of the competitive Halo 5 scene. Since then, he has continued to progress as a player and person, leading him to his ultimate decision to focus on other opportunities. We wish him the best in his future endeavors. Longtime competitive Halo veteran Flamesword is officially coming back to compete in Halo Infinite. For the unaware, Flamesword has been competing in Halo since back in the MLG Halo 3 days on a team called Status Quo. Winning multiple MLG events during the heyday of Halo 3 and continuing his career through Halo Reach, Halo 2 Anniversary, and Halo 5, Flamesword is looking to get back into his competitive peak with the release of Halo Infinite. We can't wait to see what those old man hands can bring uh, with a new game and new perspective. Wait, is Ninja also coming back to compete in Halo Infinite? A recent tweet may have teased followers, but only time will tell if one of the most established entertainers in the world of video games makes their way back to their roots. We'll just have to wait and see. And finally, the HCS team is putting together something special leading up to the release of Halo Infinite, announcing the Halo Top 25, a countdown of the 25 greatest competitive Halo players of all time. This list will include players from the past 20 years and seven games of Halo, culminating in who is truly the greatest of all time. Who will take the crown? Tune into the HCS Twitter and YouTube channel starting Monday, September 6th, as the countdown will continue over three weeks. Videos and player spotlights will also be released throughout the event, and we know you do not want to miss them. Those are the HCS news highlights that occurred over the past month. So it is time for some tournaments. Josh, what types of competition took place over the last month? The SWAT Nation Last Dance Co-Ed Halo 5 SWAT 4v4. If you didn't know, it's a SWAT tournament. Will, uh, SWAT Nation never fails to impress with their takes on Halo competition. This tournament was no different, with teams formed of two boy-girl duos competing in a traditional Halo 5 competitive SWAT experience. The team of Halo 5, bruh, Consisting of Veronica, Young Guns, Chrismomnia, I was just screwed that up, and Mello took home the first place prize. The Blue Team Tournament's Rainbow Road FFA for Halo 3. Did King Nick win? That is the question in everyone's mind, right? Well, fret not, as this time it was yet another previous champion in Porky J taking home first. We also have an updated clarification as now the top two placings within each game's championship will be invited to the infinite finale. This means that Trushkov and Clonely will be invited for their performance in the Halo 3 championship. Don't worry though, King Nick and Porky J have also been invited from previous games championship placings. Europa Halo Europa Showdown! Team Onset versus Team Gaskin. Two European competitive Halo casting juggernauts, one big team battle showdown. With the invitation of current competitive Halo players and Halo content creators, this battle was sure to be something special. And in true HCS Pro Talk fashion, our predictions couldn't be further from right. We banked on Team Onset with the BTB Master and Ubernick and the French Phenom and SLG to help lead the team to victory. Unfortunately for them and for us, it was Team Gaskin with the greatest European Halo Pro and Jimbo leading the team to a convincing victory. One day we'll get a tournament prediction correct. One day. Halo CE Charity Tournament. The Halo community always comes together for those in need. This time, it was a Halo CE Charity Tournament for a little man who goes by the name of Lil Buddha, who is diagnosed with brain cancer. The community came out in full force, and it was the team consisting of Chunsu, Icon 6, Gidef, and Lethal winning the tournament. Beachland 10. 
Halo CE continues to get the love it deserves, even if not from me, with the annual Beach Land event culminating in a 2v2 tournament. Some of the greatest Halo CE players in the world gather every year to show off their skills and simply have fun playing in that old school LAN environment. This year, the, cran the crown goes to legend and skills, but you should fully expect the competition get even more fierce for next year's event. The Twitch rivals Halo 2 throwback. Just when you thought there couldn't be more competitive Halo nostalgia, Twitch and Ninja burst through the door like the Kool-Aid man, bring together some of the most iconic competitive players of all time, and put on an old-school Halo 2 MLG-style event for the fans at home. The fun didn't stop there, oh no, as Ninja upped the game by adding a cool $100,000 to the already nice $50,000 prize pool. The Dr. Pepper was flowing, the Dorito dust was flying, and the competition and trash talk was fierce. The drafted team of the agency with Eli Warrior, Maniac, Legit, and Ace took the win over some big names including Walshy, T-Squared, Neighbor, Nated, and many more. It was unbelievable to see an event like this take place, especially in the year 2021. Those are community tournament highlights that occurred during the month of August. But you know what they say, there's no time like the present. Wait, we're going to talk about future tournaments. Unless you're listening to this after those tournaments took place, but then that would be the past. Screw it. Well, what do the listeners have to look forward to with Halo competition in the month of September? Yes, coming up in September, if you're looking for some more Halo esports, check out Esports Arena Halo 5 4v4s. Esports Arena are back, and they're doing what they do best, putting on some of the greatest Halo 5 tournaments with some of the best com commentators coming up in the scene. Starting on September 5th and running every week through the month, Esports Arena is providing another outlet for competitors to keep their controllers primed and ready to roll. Blue Team Tournaments, Rainbow Road FFA for Halo 4. It may be considered the red-headed stepchild of the competitive Halo scene, but we like to look at it as simply having potential. Regardless, the competition must go on and the next round of tournaments in the Rainbow Road FFA series presented by Blue Team Tournaments is in the game everyone loves to hate, Halo 4. The competition begins on Sunday, September 6th with the first qualifier and culminates in the championship at the tail end of the month. We're just excited to see who signs up for this one. It's going to be a fun time. A lot has taken place in the world of competitive Halo over the month of August, and the Infinite Train is getting ready to finally leave the station after six long years. We can't wait to see what the future holds for competitive Halo, and we hope you join us on that journey. Josh, back to you to close out the segment. Thank you, Will. And before I close this out, we have one more announcement we'd like to share with you all. Our 200th episode is about to happen, and we have a very special guest lined up. We'll have the pleasure of interviewing the Halo Esports lead at 343 Industries in Tashi. We can't wait to talk with him about not only Halo, but the man behind the scenes. We hope you enjoy the show when it's published. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Inside HCS for August. If you're interested in finding out more about these tournaments or anything else in the competitive Halo space, please check out HCS Pro Talk on all socials, YouTube, Twitch, and anywhere you happen to find your podcasts. Personally, I'm a, I'm a pocket cast kind of guy. You know, that's me. Podcast Evolve crew, take it away. That was a great clip. I loved that. What a great clip. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> oh, man. we Our editing has gotten so good. I can just say roll clip. Roll the clip again. I want to see it again. Evolved. Hello, Podcast Evolved audience, and welcome to Inside HCS, your monthly recap. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. You guys are so Thank great. Thank you.
Thank you to Josh and Will for this month's Inside HCS. Watch their live show on Monday nights around 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on twitch.tv slash hcsprotalk. And follow them on YouTube and your favorite podcast. All right. Was that enough talking? Are you happy? I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy. You did all right. I, I try yeah. to do my best. I've only been doing this since the beginning. <laughs> of time <laughs> I was just gonna add to the end of that very quickly Will may also potentially be involved in another podcast Evolved project that you will hear more about very soon and on that note is that is that all you want to tease that's all I'm saying for now yeah that's all you're saying so how can our listeners be prepared to learn more about this? Should they follow on Twitter or just continue to listen to the show? Yeah, if they follow on the social channels, you may potentially see a graphic pop up in the near future announcing something once Tom has actually finished working on it, which he is hoping to do this week. <laughs> Maybe if he stopped playing with those blocks, he'd finish it. <laughs> when he's done building with the blocks, Chris, they're not playing. I, I will say we have finished four episodes out of six and leave it at that. There you go. I just wanted him to say to follow, just follow our Instagrams, guys. Follow our socials and you will be rewarded. You will, we promise. So, thank you for joining us. As we mentioned at the top of the show, you can find every episode of all of our shows on our website, which is halopodcastevolve.com, or you can also search for their unique podcast feed. If you want to listen to everything all in one feed, then follow Halo Podcast Evolved on your favourite podcast service. And while you're over there, please do leave us a review as well. Once again, another special shout out to all of our patrons for supporting this show and making all of this possible. If you would like to get involved, then head to patreon.com slash Halo Podcast Evolved to learn more. And finally, if you want to leave us a voicemail about this episode, or a previous episode, or about anything Halo related, you can give us a call at 205-EVOLVED. That's 205-386-5833. And with that, I have been your host Tom, and until next time, EVOLVED! EVOLVED! EVOLVED.